coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Hello, I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and I welcome you to peacepodcast.org. If you've been on our website, and I know you have, because so many of you are writing me emails telling me you have joined our peace community, and I thank you, because you know there are benefits to joining our peace community. Not only do you hear the trailblazers in peace development, peacemaking, peace building, you get to have every Tuesday a newsletter describing the latest podcast I've done. So you'll be watching on Tuesday for the newsletter to come to you. It's just two things, the podcast, and then maybe a little information I think you'll be interested in. And so with that, you know, Peace Podcast was started for happiness, mutually assured survival, and health. Just think, if we have mutually assured survival, good health, the happiness it will bring to us and to untold generations. And today we're in for a very special treat. To this day, I thank you for joining us because as you listen to Women Peacemakers, as you hear the author of the book, Barb Shabliss, and she, I say bliss, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it, but she'll correct me when it's time. Because I want you to know this woman interviewed 60 women peacemakers 60, and she chose 15 to put in Women Peacemakers, what we can learn from them. And today, we were talking in the pre-interview about what can we learn from the people I have had the privilege of interviewing, having conversations with on peacepodcast.org. And I know that you are like me. You're like a sponge. You're absorbing the beauty of these people the work that they're doing. And then you say, I can do that. I can do that. I better keep doing it. So Barb is a former trauma therapist, very important work, a mediator, an author of the book, which I mentioned, Women Peacemakers, what we have to learn from them. Her PhD dissertation was in my hometown in Santa Barbara at Fielding Institute. She was working with Frederick Hudson, who I learned from about being an adulting, how to be an adult at the Casa de Maria at Fielding Institute. She has spent three decades with interviewing these beautiful women. You are in for a treat. She's a fourth generation Coloradian and I am a born person in Colorado, so I love it. She'd rather sleep under the stars than beneath the roof and reveals it and revels in being outdoors in all seasons in her beloved Rocky Mountains with elks, coyotes, and all sorts of animals. You know, Barb, you're something else. That's all I have to say, Barb. Welcome. Thank you. Well, welcome. Welcome to you in my life. It's been a treat just getting to know you, Barbara. Well, I have so many people who I'm getting to know. And Dot Maver, my dearest friend on the planet Earth, said, you need to know Barb. <laughs> Do you need Dot. to know Barb. I want you to send her 36 books, Prophet the Hatmaker's Son. She's a teacher and her students need to read Why War Doesn't Work. And the whole story's in Prophet the Hatmaker's Son. So you see how the spiral of life goes. We run into the right people at the right time. And as I talk to Barb today, I want you to say, how can I be like Barb? Why did she use her frequent flyer miles, taking one of her children at a time to distant countries she had never been in before? to interview these incredible women. And I'm going to hold it up. I hope you can see it. And she's going to hold it up later. Women peacemakers, just look at those faces. Don't you just get a chill seeing that you're going to get to read their life, their peacemaking? And so with that, Barb, I welcome you. 
I hope I've done justice to the interviewing technique of letting people know who you are. Did I leave anything out? No, you added something that uh, you have sent me the the profit book to, to give to the students that I'm teaching. And I've never heard the, the subtitle of that, Why War Doesn't Work. But it's such a good subtitle for that. And this is hopefully How Peace Can Work, my book. So they're, they're almost companion pieces. They truthfully are. And this book um, that you wrote reads like a script for a movie. Every single chapter. In fact, not a movie. Let's make it a TV series. Every channel should play a chapter from this book. Because if a person sitting in their armchair stops watching war movies, stops watching uh, mm -hmm. video games that kill people, and starts watching a TV series about a peacemaker in impossible situations, turning the possible impossible to possible, would that be a good way to describe some of the ladies in your book? Yes, or or another way is ordinary people doing extraordinary acts of peacemaking. And they, I mean, they... They don't set out to do that. They set out to correct something that feels unfair or unjust. And in the process, it just unfolds that there are extraordinary things that they're doing. To correct what they feel is unjust and not fair is a, a beautiful way to begin to bring peace into your life. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Think about it. Think about it. When you're in the gas station and a homeless person comes in to buy breakfast, What's your extraordinary thing you could do? Oh, put your money away. Let me buy your breakfast today. Or mm -hmm. let me pay for a tank of gas for you. I have a credit card and I know you're struggling because I can see, I'm not going to say struggling. I know you probably are having a little trouble because I see you looking in your pocket for more money. I'll pay for your gas today. Those are the extraordinary, ordinary things you can do that will make you feel like a saint. Or Barbara, I have one more thing to add to what you would do with a homeless person. You go up and you stick out your hand and you say, my name is Barb. What's your name? <laughs> because nobody knows the names of these people. And that's that's a lift. That's an act of peacemaking when you say, what's your name? Yeah. You know, I love that. Um, we're all going to have our homeless stories because there's so many of them now. And I remember <laughs> seeing this lady at my, I was going to get, I went to my ATM machine and she was standing there and I kind of felt she was homeless. And I said, you have the most beautiful legs. And she said, well, I should. I walk all day. And I, <laughs> said, <laughs> I said, well, you definitely have beautiful legs. And I'm just delighted to meet you. Now, I don't know what her name was, but she smiled and smiled. And I think it changed her attitude because I never saw her again. I think she, she, but she will never forget you ever. You're unforgettable when you do something like that. It's really a, be a beautiful thing you did. I yeah. do it all the time, you know, um, I'll see, you know, I just can't help it. So maybe we're almost jumping to the conclusion of your book. You know, you interviewed 60 women, you put 15, I think, in this book, and then you started to talk about what you learned from them. And maybe we should start with that. Or would you like to start? Let's just start with that. Let's start. Okay, let's you start with it. So um, I, I'll give a tiny bit of intro into this, which is the I interviewed these women and it was so joyful to do it and so powerful what each woman's story was like, I really need to let the world know about these women. And so that was the purpose of the book, one of the purposes, I will say. And then I put all their stories up around a wall in a big room that I had. And I looked across these stories and I said, none of these women knew each other or maybe ever will know each other. But is there anything similar between what they did? And um, what if you if this is what you would like me to read now, Barbara, this is a list of 20, what I think I have 24 things that are simple things. You're going like, I know how to do that. But when you put them all together, they actually act like the recipe for how to make peace. I love that. The recipe for how to make peace. Let me tell you a little story. Okay. My first husband got the man on the moon. How did they get the man on the moon? They took a blank wall and they put stickies and they wrote down everything they needed to do to get the man on the moon. And that was after Kennedy made the prediction, we will have a man on the moon. 
So Barbara, Barb, you did that. You put these women on a blank wall. Is that how you started to go into their lives and to choose which ones you would put in the book? Well, no, choosing the ones for the book was the most agonizing thing I've ever done. Every single woman I've interviewed deserves to be in this book. I, I did this because it was different countries and different acts of peacemaking and different ages, things like that. Some of the women actually have passed away. So I, I needed them in the book sooner than later. Um, but yeah, it's like, I thought I was analyzing this for my dissertation, which is what started the whole thing. But the truth is, I was I was finding commonalities. And then I went like, well, geez, I can't tell people about this. They'll all go like, I know how to do that. What makes this peacemaking? When you put them together, like when you put all the ingredients in a cake, in a, in a pan, they make peace. So just like a cake happens when you put all those ingredients together in it. Raw <laughs> eggs and flour and a little bit of mixing makes a beautiful cake. And it sounds like that's what you started doing. You started mixing these great women. I want to put you on speaker view. I'd like you to talk a little more about that process. That process is pretty special. Talk a little bit about that. About small ingredients, Ball, what they had in common, and how you were getting your dissertation from the Fielding Institute with my pal Frederick Hudson. Well, let me. Do you, would you like me just to read the recipe items? Sure. Okay, let's do that. And just remember, as you're listening to this, that they're going to sound really familiar. Uh, but the point is, if you get the book, this happens to be chapter 17 in the book, and you go like. Because what happens is if you start doing an act of peacemaking, if you see something that's not fair or just and you decide to go do something about it, you're going to bump into all sorts of corners and, and you know rabbit holes and things. This book will tell you that so did everybody else doing these. And this is what you do. You just persist through that or you just find money someplace, things like that. So here it is. Here is the recipe for how to make peace. Number one. Be awake when the opportunity presents itself. Number two, develop your service in response to people's expressed sense of need. When you're listening for this, be sure that you're listening to understand their needs and not validating your preconceived ideas of what is needed. Number three, never lose sight of your goal and never get attached to how you get there. You know, that's a hard one. To not be attached to how you get there. Your yeah. goal is, it, it's, it's a vision-driven process. Vision, goal, and I am a firm believer, if you have a vision, you can put up with anything because you know your vision is out there. Yeah, and you're going to get bumped off the course. You think you're going to go straight to your vision? Well, you're not, probably. You're going to get bumped left and right and everywhere else, and you just go like, what, what, was, I, what was my goal? Getting somebody on the moon? Oh, yeah. The universe is giving me a whole nother path here. I need to I need to stick with it. Number four, learn who the local peacemakers are and be respectful of their peacemaking traditions. Number five, every day revisit the wisdom of and your willingness to continue this work. This is what makes this work conscious peacemaking as opposed to other kinds where it's just like something happens and spontaneously you tell a woman she's got gorgeous legs that would be a spontaneous act of peacemaking but when you revisit this every day it becomes a conscious ongoing act of peacemaking number six operate from unconditional caring not from sentimentality number seven making a difference in the world might be your primary form of compensation rather than financial compensation if you need money to do your work, be creative about sourcing it. Number eight, work under the radar of the oppressors when called for. Basically, peacemaking is a result of oppressors keeping a high position and the oppressed keeping some sort of low position. The oppressors like that. So what you want to do is just quietly help the oppressed raise themselves up. Isn't Number that beautiful? Because so many people today are in war zones. And how can they realize that they can be called upon to be the peace that another person may need? That is a beautiful one. And Barbara, that's a really good way to put it. Because anybody can be a peacemaker, even someone who is oppressed. 
Yeah. If they believe it, and you have to believe it, that you yeah. can do something. And I love that number two or three that you said every day, revisit the wisdom and your willingness to continue the work. If people did that in jobs that are killing them and boring to heck, they might say, maybe this isn't the place for me and use their talents and their destiny that was given to them. You know, I did. I have changed so many careers in my life because I guess I did that unknowingly. I checked in and said, wait a minute, I don't want to do this the rest of my life when I was a teacher. I didn't want to be a teacher the rest of my life, although I was a talented teacher because I went to a meeting with all the teachers of the opening of the year and they were old and not enthusiastic. And I said, wait a minute, this is the best profession in the world to be a teacher. And so I was in teaching the teachers then. I started a consulting firm. I started teaching teachers how to be enthusiastic about teaching. So that was how I left teaching. I became uh, a teacher of the teachers. Yes. Oh, wow. It's a good story. And it just says to me that that's what you carry across everything I've gotten to know about you, which is enthusiasm for what you do. Yeah. Thank you. Let's see. So number nine is work with and not for. Work alongside those who request your services. And I'm just going to do a quick hand demonstration here. This is my definition of peace because the hands are equal. This is my definition of not peace because, um, because there's an, a dominant and a subordinate element to it. So a peacemaker is somebody who is helping this to happen. But they do not do it by going like this. And they don't do it by doing this. They do it this way. This is so a nonverbal way to teach peace, isn't it? It is. That's that's how I got every woman to, to, to interview. They were speaking different languages, different cultures. And I did my hand thing. And they went like, oh, peace. This is the work, and this is the work with and not for. Gosh, I love it. You know, you look at your fingers. All fingers are not the same size. All fingers do different things. And that piece is about not the same size, all doing different things, yet all having the same goal working together. Yep, that's right. You wow, that. I love that. Okay. Um, number 10, acknowledge, validate, and nurture the strengths of those with whom you work. Nurture the strengths of those with whom you work. I remember in all, you could probably tell me who was what, where'd that come from? Talk about yeah. that. From the, well, well um, I, I was trained once in a whole philosophy called appreciative inquiry. And basically when you go in to quote, help change a situation or help people, you've got to, you've got to build on what their strengths are. And I call it WD-40ing. You don't go like, here's what you can't do. And this is where you've fallen apart. You go like, what can you do? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Let's build on that. So that's that's where it, it comes from just listening to these women's stories. It's amazing. One of the best stories in the book that exemplifies this is a woman in Rio de Janeiro named Yvonne de Mello. She was she went every morning to work with the street kids, the favela kids in 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 Rio. And these kids, you would easily say, couldn't do anything. She said the first thing she had to teach them was that they existed. But these kids were also the ones that the drug dealers often used to run their drugs. So, um, and some of them were addicted themselves. So she was, she's now started a, a kind of teaching that takes advantage of, they only have 15 minute learning periods, but, uh, but they have 15 minute learning periods. And so she's now she's taught this to anybody that's traumatized, like kids that have been uh, inducted into war, they can't learn for an hour at a time either. She's created an incredible curriculum. And these kids didn't know they existed. And what she did with them is they would, she'd take one of them by the hand and they'd walk out to the street and she'd raise up their arms and they'd go like, I am somebody. <laughs> and I thought that's the best act of peacemaking I've ever heard. It's so simple. I love it. I'm looking for the chapter that that one is. Next to last one. I am somebody. Chapter 14. Chapter 14. Yeah. Yep. yep. Chapter 14, everyone. You get the book and read that chapter. That alone <laughs> is worth buying the whole book. 
I am someone. And you might want to practice saying that to yourself or get excited about it and hold your arms up when you're in the getting ready to eat breakfast. I am someone. I'm going to be the lucky woman who can eat breakfast today. <laughs> That's right. It totally taught me I can collect these stories. I can write these whole stories up. It's taken me 30 years, but if I said, oh, there are too many of them, I wouldn't have been able to. I had to believe in myself as a writer. All right, let's see. Um, number 11 is work simultaneously at both the individual and the systems level. That's a quite a mouthful, individually and the systems level. Were you aware you were doing that or did that come after? Well, when I went to fielding, the whole emphasis was on systems learning. I had to learn it from scratch because I was on logical Cartesian thinking. So it, it validated that. But a really good example of this number, what is it, 11, mm -hmm. is the woman, there's an Israeli doctor. And what she's done is two things at the systems level. She has looked at the healthcare system in Israel, and it's only a... a uh, available to very specialized people, citizens, Jewish citizens of Israel. So she's getting health care to all the Palestinians, all the prisoners, all the Christians, all the Druze. And in the meantime, she's looking around to see if there are any human rights violations. And if there are, she takes she she calls them to tasks and she even sued the state of Israel. But at the same time, she's she spent her time individually counseling women who had been abused. So that's the individual and the systems level. That and is so powerful. He and wanted, she, she said, very important. Woman. Yeah. She, she said, you've got, you, if you lose touch with what's going on at the individual level, you'll get, you'll be wrong up at the systems level. So, okay. Number 12 is pace yourself. Make a little peace, make a little dinner. Know that your work might not be completed in your lifetime. That is, that I love number 12 because I do that. I make a little peace and then I go make a little breakfast and I go make a little dinner and then I go make a little peace and then I go mow the lawn or I go <laughs> clean the garden. I'm a human being. I'm not going to give this to somebody else. I love in my, working in my garden. Yeah, and working in your garden teaches you what you want to do when you go back to making peace. <laughs> yes, and you know, um, I read recently, this is phenomenal, that if you work in a garden, you live 16 years longer because your hands are in the dirt and the nutri nutrients from the ground get into your system and we're all low on selenium and some of the other magnificent chemicals yeah. that we should have stick your hands in the ground remember they say eat a little dirt with your vegetables don't clean them perfectly you need the selenium <laughs> isn't that beautiful barb so cook a okay. little dinner and don't wash your vegetables <laughs> all right so number 13 is be aware that peacemaking may be but does not have to be dangerous provide for your safety uh, number 14 be willing to hang out on the margins of society without taking it personally. Um, the nun that used to help, she was an Irish nun that lived in England and she was helping prisoners, Irish prisoners that were in the English prisons during that whole kerfuffle with England and, and Ireland. And they were being treated pretty awful. And when she would be invited to the embassy parties, she said nobody would sit with her. Mm. She'd take her, she'd go sit on the hill someplace and nobody would because they were, they were shaming her for working with those Irish prisoners. So yeah, don't expect to win a popularity contest. As one woman said, if you're going to work about, um, how did she put it? It was Connie Ning. And she said, a girlfriend told her that if you're going to work about, oh, I'll have to look it up. Um, if you're going to work about improving people's lives, you're going to get written up in the newspaper. But if you're going to work about making things peaceful, you're going to go to jail. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. So you you got society may not reward you. You've got to have a self reward system here. All right. Um, number 15, practice patience and persistence. Employ them both simultaneously. So you you try something. And it doesn't work and you go like, okay, that's all right. I'll think up the next thing I need to do. So you're being persistent about it and you're not 
you're not uh, throwing the towel in when it doesn't work the first time. All right, number 16, most of your learning will be on the job training or osmosis from other peacemakers. Observe what your mentors do and don't do and why. That's why I started Peace Podcast. I wanted us to observe peacemaking in real life. And so I pick, I don't pick the Obamas of the world. I right. pick the people who are doing the work in the trenches every day, every way. I am getting better and better and I am making peace. And that's what I get from listening to your podcast. I mean, it's like, wow, where'd that person come from? They're only 14 or they're 21 or something like that. And it's like, by gum, they are doing peacemaking and they're so busy doing it that they can't they can't meet with the press. They can't do all these sorts of things. So po this podcast is elevating all those ordinary, extraordinary people, I think. Thank okay. you. I really appreciate that. And I loved your text message when you said, I just watched the podcast, the podcast for the World um, Peace Park going to be in Melbourne for the Rotary International mm -hmm. Conference. I love that text. Tell your friends, I just watched this peace podcast and it's something you may be interested in. You know, they have research shows that if you want to get somebody to go from awareness to action about something, it takes seven times they have to read about it unless their best friend tells them. And then it's only one knock. I just sent it to my Australian-born co-counselor. She's a trauma counselor also. And um, she's living in Arizona right now. And I said, listen to this. You're going to want to go home to Melbourne if you can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, first, number 17 is go first, go small and deep with your work. Then think about the wisdom of going bigger. Many peacemakers stay small and deep. They don't want to get so big that they can't know individually the people that they're working with. When Robert was my husband and he worked at the United Nations and the people wanted him all over the world, I didn't let him get too big. I wanted him to have a life. I wanted him to enjoy the beauty of the moment. And oh. when you get on this spinning wheel of speaking and doing you sometimes forget to live in the moment and he never forgot to live in the moment. And I protected him from getting too popular. My son said, mom, why don't you put him on Oprah? Well, I loved that idea, but I knew what would happen. He would All no right. longer be Robert. I get it. I get it tremendously. And he was so able to just focus in on something and not let the, the bad comments or the, the I, we can't like, what, you taunt? Kept oh, saying, hey, we can't do this. We can't do this. And he would just reintroduce the idea and reintroduce the idea. It was great. You know, they would say he would go like when he became the assistant secretary. He was, yeah, the assistant secretary general working on the executive floor, 37th floor of the United Nations. He went to the secretary general, Utan. Do you have any dreams that you haven't fulfilled? You have two more years as secretary general. What would you like to do? See, ask that question as a peacemaker. Go deep with your work, but you can't go deep if you don't know what they are and who they are. Ask that question, right? Yes. Yeah. And there is uh, a very, I'll, I'll read something very similar to Robert's comment. The very last chapter of the book is a woman in Staten Island who brings children who have had war accidents, like their arm was blown off by a landmine or maybe a natural disaster. And they got, were blinded by something during the hurricane. And someone said, um, why don't you, you, this is so successful. Why don't you, we'll take it over and we'll expand it. We'll do this for more kids at a time. And she said this, big is not always better. I want to keep my charity personal. I want to grow, but I never want to grow more than not knowing who I am helping. You know, I have a connection with these kids that stay here while they're getting operations, maybe four to eight at a time. I know all of them. I know their dreams. Most of them come back. And I don't want a hundred kids every year and not know each child and guardian personally. Isn't that beautiful? She said this, this rule better than anybody else with that very statement there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. We're on number 18. Thank you for letting me read all these. I love these because if it's the heart of the book in many ways. I but must tell you, in addition to this being the heart of the book, 
you are now summarizing the 110 podcasts I've already done. Oh, I I've never had this list before. And oh. those of you who are on the good fortune to be here right now may go to the back and start listening to some of the other podcasts and say, yep, that's number 14. Be willing to hang out on the margins of society without taking it personally. Yeah, you did that. That wasn't that was somebody that Barbara interviewed. This yeah. is why I wanted you to read these because we have never summarized the whole why. podcast is oh great. Why and how? And you're validating that what I found with these women is true for the 150 people you've done. Oh, and the 75 I did for the Rotary World Peace Conference and the 85 I did before for revolutionary conversations and the inspiring conversation. I have interviewed people that I should quit talking so much because I have these wonderful people whose voices need to get out there. Okay. Well, they wouldn't without your help, for sure. Oh, I love it. I yeah. like to get to the one back with you. I want to get to the the soul you bring to this incarnation. What is your soul telling you? And you do it in these 18 to 24 reasons why these women were so successful. And Barbara, I'll also tell you, I feel now I've had enough confidence in the book and compliments that came back to me about the book that I've, I can stand up and say, yes, I think I'm actually a good author but I'm a horrible marketer. <laughs> You've got the marketing skills. It's your forte. And you uh -huh. feel good about it. I mean, you don't even flinch trying to do it. And I'm going like, I couldn't do that. I tried doing that and I just didn't have the juice. And now the opportunity has arisen so that we can be co-partners in marketing. That's exactly right. And I love it. If I find something I love, you can't stop me. I pour it out. I just pour it out. Oh, did you read the book, Women Peacemakers, what we can learn from them? Well, if you haven't, go on Amazon and buy it today. It's yeah, so I can't, I, can't say that. I can't say it because it feels like I'm being pretentious. You well, going, no. like, and now you can. You just said you changed your mind about that. About right 30 seconds ago, you changed your mind and said, now I can say these words because yes. I know I'm repeating the words of those peace builders that others okay. need to hear. And when you come from that point of view, then you can be your own self-expressor. Now, why do I use my voice so much? Because I just told you the formula takes seven knocks to give a person from awareness to persuasion to do something unless the best friend tells you to do it. So okay. I become the best friend of all my listeners, all the people who are watching this and going in my Rotary Club. And I tell them as their best friend what they can do. And I tell them about this book. Uh, your book. Okay. And, and and I'm telling people about your podcast. So <laughs> Well, so happy new best friends. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for telling people, you know, and you know, there's one here. I don't know if you have this one. You may not be feeling that people are paying attention to you, but eventually it works and the people oh, start to pay attention. Well, I think that's a, akin to the one that says be persistent. Yes. And persistent. I mean, when I first published this book, it was August of 2020. And if you put a poor marketer and COVID together, your book doesn't get doesn't fly out there very fast. But over time, especially because of recent interactions I've had with the Rotary, I feel like we're I feel like I need to strap on a seatbelt because it feels like it's now about to explode. I mean, I'd like to teach with the Rotary. I'd like to talk to the Rotaries. And I'm so fascinated. And you're going to join the Rotary E-Club of World Peace with the most active peace builders on the planet. And we I, were all on Zoom. You I know, was so blown away by, by speaking to that group and being introduced to their projects. It's like, where do you... And I'll tell you who else was. I have that friend named Beth Farmer that is my tech helper. She called afterwards and she said, I want to be part of those people. That's the most amazing group. Tell her to join $20 a month. We want her. All right. All Love right. her. I'm going, you know? the, I'm going to forward the registration thing that Rudy gave me to her. I will do it. Absolutely. And you know, there's something about feeling the joy of finding people who agree with you. There's oh. nothing wrong with going and preaching to the masses as Martin Luther King did. And I have a dream. And he preached to the masses. And But we can talk to people who support us. We need support. 
I don't care. Every peacemaker I know needs the support and love of a family of creative people who support their work. That's so true because this is hung, this is lonely work if you don't reach out and get that support or you don't reach out and give that support if you are a peacemaker and you go like... That's a kind of two sides of the coin, isn't it? It really I, is. I welcome it and I offer to you. It's like I welcome you and I offer to you what I have learned. And you do it in a way that isn't pushy or preachy, but it's I offer to you. Or you just say, how's it going with your peacemaking in the in Burundi or something like that? And then it's like, wow, I've wanted to talk about this for a while and I'm stuck in this place. Listen to me and bounce back. Yeah, bounce back. Ideas. It, it comes right back now. 18, because look at 18 and 19. They're about what we're talking about. Yes. Okay. Number 18 is sometimes anger works as a good motivator, but it is an unwise and dangerous plan of action. So get get revved up if something is unjust, but don't be angry back. Anger is just going to get in your way. It's going to delay your work. Number 19, rising up out of depression can launch amazing acts of peacemaking. Likewise, doing an act of peacemaking can, but doesn't always dispel depression. Provide for your mental healthiness. I, I interviewed one woman and I, she was part of my dissertation. And when people read her story, they put like, oh, don't put this story in. It's depressing. Um, her husband was a lawyer, a, an Israeli lawyer for the Palestinian terrorists. And they burned down their house. She started something called Women in Black who go around and every Friday, no matter who has died, they, they march and mourn all those that have died on either side. Phenomenal work. But... The pushback had been so hard for her and her husband that she just sounded depressed in her interview. And I'm following her to see how she's pulling herself up out of it. It's really beautiful. We may want to put her on podcast because, you know, depression is not a bad thing. I I people, What did Frederick Hudson say? What did Frederick Hudson say in your course? He said, out of depression comes the biggest visions. Why do you think Robert became a peacemaker when he saw all those 12 or 14, 14 year old kids that were put in German uniforms? They weren't even German. And yeah. they shot him because of something that had happened in another part of their city. And he, out of that anger, that depression, I am going to swear and the tears running down his face. I am going to be a peacemaker. Nobody should shoot the son of a mother and no mother should have to worry about if her son's being killed. Out of depression comes his, and look what he did. It is true. And, you know, I've just been studying with Lynn Twist, and she gave me a phrase that I think I'd love to pass on because it's so relevant to this. And that is when you find yourself saying, why is this happening to me? Switch the word to for the word for. Why is this happening for me? Brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. I mean, I've used it a, a, probably daily ever since I learned it from her. Yeah. Every day and every way I'm getting better and better. And depression is going to hit every once in a while, especially if your hormones are going south. You've got to remember you're a body. You're not an atom. You're a body, a whole body. And if you're going, if your hormones are going south, okay, thank you, hormones. You're going south. I'm a little depressed right now, but I'm going to see what this is for. Yep. Okay, we're on number 20. We're getting there. Do not use violence of any kind, including to yourself. Like, stop. That's it. That's all you have to know about that one. Number 21, when you're making choices, choose what keeps you in integrity with your goals and with your conscience. Number 22, pray. I will oh, tell you number 22 is, um, is such an amazing, excuse me, while well, I had a little tear in my eye from all these wonderful <laughs> proverbs and um, peacemaking how-tos pray. Robert would always say, dear God, I know you have a purpose for me today and show me the way. Dear God, I know I'm here to help you bring our world to peace. Show oh. me the way. His prayer was always simple. And he would always say, in every way, I'm getting better and better. And he would say, with the help of God. <laughs> yeah. And, and now these women across the board are of different religions. And, but they might say, just like you said, Barbara, it's like, Oh my God, what do I do next? And it's like, 
you know, you just put a question out, up there. Yeah. Yeah. And the other prayer that Robert said more than I ever heard anybody else. Thank you. Oh, yep. And you don't say that if you don't think it's going to someone out there. Thank you. Yeah. You would hear him. Thank you. Or he would write me a love letter. My to my divine angel on earth. Oh, who says things like that? Robert <laughs> did. To my divine. And I became an angel with those words. When you're writing a letter to somebody, give them a reason to smile. Give them a reason to think that you are the best writer out there. To my divine angel on earth. Write that to them. You become the angel he believes you are. And may God bless our love. And he would say those in these words, in these letters, these love letters. And may God bless our love. Wow. What a gift. What a gift that man was. And still is. And to all of us. That's why I give these books out. I don't charge for, if anybody wants, most of all, they taught me happiness or profit, the hat maker's son, please, there you go. Look at that. Look at your stickies. You are reading that book. And look at the corner the dog ate. I see that. I love it. This is <laughs> the book that Robert book. said. And if you were, if you were to write down the stop, the uh, thoughts from that book, they would be these 24. This is the book that Robert wrote to show you that ordinary people can do extraordinary things and ordinary people taught him to believe in happiness. Yeah, wow. Well, that's why it struck me as one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. And I mailed it. Twice you read it. I couldn't believe it. Twice. Yeah, twice. I read it twice. And my brother and I are both thinking about joining your book club. Oh, do. The next yeah. one's May 7th, and it's going to be Justine Toms. Justine Toms, the New Dimension Radio. These are ordinary people living extraordinary lives. And May 7th, Justine is going to be on, and it's going to be, and you see my dog ears in my copy of most of all the <laughs> happiness. Um, she's going to talk about, listen to this, and this is May 7th, 9 o'clock in the morning, which is a Sunday. The lessons from adulthood. There, this book that you wrote with these women are the lessons from adulthood, and these are the stories that we're going to talk about. And Justine Toms is going to be our speaker nine o'clock on Sunday, and we do this nine o'clock the first Sunday of every month on Zoom. And we okay. want you to join all of you who are listening today on PeacePodcast.org. Please go to the website. Find the Zoom link. We put the Zoom link in Prophet the Pat Maker Son. It's the same Zoom link from now into eternity. And we want you to join us. And so with that, this is like a prayer, a prayer that you shared with me, your joy, your happiness at reading his book. And so with that, what about happens on number 23? Okay, we have two more. The amount of outside pressure you may feel from those that disapprove of your work may be great. Meet it with a greater amount of inner resolve, integrity, and grit. And I add one more, a smile. Oh, good. I add that. <laughs> I have been in places that were horrendous. And I just stand there and smile. I've been jogging down the street and I see two people fighting. And I tap them and I smile. And they look at me like, why is she smiling? We're fighting. I didn't have to say a word. They stopped fighting. What's this big lady standing here with her shorts on, smiling at us? They stopped fighting. I was so uh, such a curious oddity. Kind of blows <laughs> the heck out of a fight, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I took the took the wisdom out of them. Took the wisdom into them. Um, even when I was teaching, I heard this rumor that tonight there's going to be a fight on the schoolyard. And I found out who was starting that. And I pulled those, the whole gangs in, the two gangs. And I said, would you please come with me? And again, I didn't say you jackass. I said, would you please come with me? And please just come with me. So they all came with me. And I said, "You, oh, this group stand here and this group stand there. Well, this calm voice calmed them down. And I said, now I have to hear something. So when this group is talking, you may not talk. And when you're talking, they may not talk. And so they told me the story. And I said, you know something? I think we can solve this. I don't think you have to have a fight. What do you think? Okay. He said, okay. And we solved it right then and there. And that's how Utan avoided a world war. Two ambassadors came to him. 
I won't go into the details, but I'll tell you what they said. Um, Secretary General Utant were about to go to war. And Secretary General Utant said, well, would you do me a favor? Go out in the hall and talk about this for a minute and see if you can solve it and come back. And these ambassadors came back and said, you know something, you're pretty smart, you know that? We solved it. We don't have to have a world war. That's why I wrote the book, Revolutionary Conversations, the tools you need for the success you want. What's the first thing you do in an altercation? Stop. Just like you do at a stop sign. Just stop. Barbara, this is the best example of a spontaneous act of peacemaking I've heard today. Thank you. Really, because you did it with a group of kids. He did it with world leaders. So it's also a good example of working at the individual and the systems level. And that was like, I mean, that's a, that's a very speedy connection between those two things. Thank you so much. Okay, we're doing our last recipe piece. When you're overwhelmed by what you can't do, refocus on what you can do and then proceed with the next right thing. When you're overwhelmed by what you can't do, I'm going to stop right there. Pay attention right now. Are you a little overwhelmed to what you're hearing and what you think you can't do? Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you permission to change your mind. Refocus on what you can do. I'm just going to have you change your mind so you feel you can't do it all. I know I can't do it all. I have piles around me, but I focus on what I can do and I give it my full attention. And then I proceed with the next thing, which surprises me because I did the last thing, which is a surprise because I didn't think I could do anything. Yeah. So it's that one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now you've just read 24 of the most amazing recipes for peace. What would you like us to know where we can find out more, where we can buy your book? Do you have a website? Do you have an email? And did you hear she's going to join the Peace Book Club? So you can meet this beautiful woman on Zoom with me. I mean, we're a family now. I have peacemakers now on my peace podcast who now have joined the Peace Book Club. Why? Because they want to have the reinforcement of other peacemakers. They want to hear what Robert did, what Robert learned. Why did Robert write all these books? because he knew we needed to read these stories from his life, the wisdom he gained. And so with that, Barb, where can we go for more information about you? Well, I'll give you the website because on the website, you can actually order the book or the ebook right there if you want, or you can go to your bookstore and you can also order the audio book that I narrated. Oh, I mean, what do, you do, what do you do in the middle of COVID? you can narrate nine hours of a book. <laughs> and the website is this, it's barbchamblessauthor.com. So it's, do I spell it out? Would that be helpful? Absolutely. Okay. Although it's on the back of your book, B-A-R-B-E. Keep going. Okay, so it's B-A-R-B-E. Chambliss is C-H-A-M, as in mother. And then the word bliss, B-L-I-S-S, -S, author dot com barb chambliss author.com and you know that word bliss is how i live my life you I, do i, I thought <laughs> it even an ordinary breakfast can be a blissful occasion if you are present number one be present number one she just said it today be awake when the opportunity presents itself i would not have married robert Mueller if i would not have been awake in that red light stops when we were both stopped. And I said to him, oh, Robert, I just love you. I just love working with you. And he says to me very seriously, I love you. And I heard that. And I knew if in that next three seconds, I said it back the way he said it to me, my life would change. And was I willing to let my life unfold before mm -hmm. me? And when the life unfolds before you, all sorts of miracles happen. We just had somebody join us. Isn't that beautiful? That's my friend, Judith Mueller. So anyway, with that, I said, I love you. And the next thing we spent the rest 17 years together, we were like magnets. 
But I knew in that 30 second window that something would change. Barbara, this is such a beautiful place to end this podcast. I can't say anything that's more stunningly beautiful than that. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, I'm Barbara Mueller. I'm going to go back to um, gallery. I'm Barbara Mueller, happy as I can be in bliss, because you've been listening to the author of Women Peacemakers, the doctor who got her doctorate by interviewing women. What a pleasant way to get a PhD. I know. I mean, I should get a PhD because I love interviewing peace builders. I want a PhD, Dr. Barbara Peacemaker. That's what I am, Barbara Peacemaker. And with that, please join us again. Know that this Zoom meeting is for you, for your family, for a friend in you to sit and watch Barb and talk about these women peacemakers. Men, I want you to know something. You're part of the favorite people on our planet. I've had three husbands. I love you. And I love my life, but I want to tell you, each of us has a destiny. And I want you to unlock your destiny by watching some of these podcasts because the destiny will, when you feel joy, when you say, I can do that, that's when you pay attention, pay attention. People, I've on, been on radio shows and they say, how do you know you're on your destiny? Are you joyful? Do you wake up in the morning and say, I'm the luckiest person alive? I'm alive. Do you walk down the hall and say, I'm alive and bring joy to that moment? You're on your right path. And with that, Peace Podcast brought to you on Zoom, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And Barb, you have been the most amazing guest. It's been such a mutual delight. I love you. And thank you for the work you're doing. And I love you too. Thank you. Yes. And as we end this podcast with joy in our heart and tears in our eyes, we say it's up to you to give us a feedback, Zoom meeting us. Let's have a conversation about the book one of these days. Let's make Barbara even a more famous peacemaker. And let's have a Zoom about some of the women in the book. And with that, God bless you. Watch podcasts, share your joy. And remember, peace is not about me. It's about you being the peacemaker in the moment. Bye for now.